Hey, y'all. So we wanted to stop in and just let you know that we've had a slight shift in plans. We are going to be taking a little break from the pod just a couple of weeks, and then we're going to be coming back better than ever with a new series, new exciting episodes. We just have to take a little break to take care of ourselves, but we're not going to leave you completely hanging. Yes. We have hundreds of episodes over in our Homegirl Hangout community on Patreon, so you can click that information down in the show notes. If you're not already a part of that community, There are so many never-before-heard episodes that we know you are going to enjoy. You can also go to our website and sign up for our weekly newsletter and keep up with the girls. And we'll be back here with a new episode on May 2nd. In the meantime, we want to leave you with a few episodes that we recorded a while back that were so good. We think this is timely and you know, just great to hear again. So today's Rewind is going to be part one of our Unlocking Sisterhood series that we did with the friendship expert, Danielle. Y'all, this was such a great conversation. It's hot outside. Everybody's hanging out looking for a nigga or whatnot or whatever your preference is. But I think also because it's hot, this is a great time for you to think about connecting with some homegirls and going to brunch and doing all of the things and meeting some new chickadees that you might want to build a bond with. So this episode has so many tips, tricks on meeting new friends, not self-sabotaging the relationships that we have and ultimately how we can cultivate deeper bonds between women. If this is something that you I actually not even if I know this is something that we all need. So y'all buckle up, hold on and get into this episode. Welcome to the Black Girl Bravado podcast, your weekly fix for all things mental health and wellness. I'm Brittany, the joke-cracking, detail-oriented friend who is always down the road when you need her. For the legal stuff, though, not the illegal stuff. And I'm Germany, the loyal friend who keeps you laughing. I'm a ray of sunshine, and you can always find me on the dance floor. And not only are we besties, but we're your besties. You heard me right. It's homegirl vibes here. Get ready for the girls to dish the real, the raw, and the fucking funny. And listen, we may drag you, but it's always in love. Let's start the show, cuties. All right, Snack Attack crew, assemble. Feeling that mid-afternoon slump? Need a protein boost that doesn't involve boring protein bars? Well, let me introduce y'all to my new favorite obsession, wonderful pistachios. Y'all, these little green guys aren't just your average nut. They're protein powerhouses, packing a whopping six grams per ounce. That's over 10% of your daily value. And here's a confession. I used to be a cracker. You know, the kind of girl who enjoys the satisfying pop of opening each one. But let's be honest, sometimes convenience is king. And that's where their no-shell options comes in perfect for on-the-go snacking. Plus, they come in flavors like chili roasted and sea salt and vinegar, so there's something for everyone, even the picky gals. But here's the kicker. Wonderful pistachios are a complete protein, meaning they have all nine essential amino acids your body needs. So next time you're feeling sluggish, ditch the sugary treats and grab a handful of these green gems. I promise y'all they will keep you fueled and feeling your best, whether you're conquering carpool duties or crushing deadlines. And seriously, 
These are my go-to snack. I keep a bag in my purse. I keep one at the office. I even stash a few on the side of my bed for those late night cravings. This year, I want you to treat yourself to something delicious and good for you. So head over to wonderfulpistachios.com and explore their amazing flavors and sizes. Trust me, your taste buds and your body will thank you. Friend, you got a friend in me. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends, don't know what I'd ever do without you from the beginning to the end. You'll always be here by my side. That's why I call you my best friend. If I was your best friend, hey, I, I want you around, around all the time. And you'll be my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> A little medley. Not as doing the montage. That reminded me of that game we played at that event on Saturday. Yes, a medley. Friend, all the words with all the songs with friends. Give us a lyric. So um, that was cute. That was. That was really cute. So yes, y'all, y'all know we love talking about friendships, all Friendship. things. Friend. We never run out of things to talk about when it comes to friendship. The girls always have things in their bag. Period. It's layered. So we are coming with the content for friendship. We have some friendship merchandise. Yeah. Yes. We have a friendship event coming up. Two, three. Three. Friendship tours, friendship retreats. We got it all. We got it all. So this is just the intro to how we're coming. It's giving tip of the iceberg. This is just an intro for how we're coming for the month of June. I think we should just coin this friendship month. Because every June, don't we do like a... We do. Every June. It's It's our thing. It's friendship month. Purr. We love it. So, yeah, this is going to be a good series. And we kicked it off with a good homegirl. We mm-hmm. did. This is a friendship expert. I know y'all ain't never heard of one of them because I never heard of one either <laughs> until I heard of this one. But like we always do, we bring you things you haven't heard of. We bring things to the table, honey. Yes. And it, she is well versed. She has studied this shit. Yes. She knows it through and through. It's not just the girlfriend gag, which we do here. We provide that here. Mm-hmm. But we thought we'd take it a step further and get a real gag. A so, scientific route. That a scientific part. route of sorts. That's the route we took. So we hope Hope you all enjoy this podcast this episode we're just gonna let the the guests take it from here yes okay guys so we are well into our friendship series here which we do every year talking about the different complexities of friendship and how layered they are and solutions and ways to handle the motherfuckers. <laughs> so we found an amazing guest who talks all about friendship and we thought that she would be perfect to bring onto the show to cover some of the topics and maybe offer some expertise that we do not have to make sure we are operating in our friendships at an optimal level. So today we have Danielle Jackson. She's a certified women's coach who has studied the complexities of female friendships alongside world-renowned therapists and psychologists. She also started the Friend Forward podcast to answer the questions she receives from women in her DMs and created a coaching program to help adults master platonic relationships, teaching tangible research-based strategies to help women learn how to make friends, rekindle old friendships, and create connections that have depth and closeness. Um, it sounds like we have a gym on our hands here. <laughs> if I could, if I do say so myself, definitely gemstone energy. Yes. Yeah, so Danielle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here, and I can tell this is going to be a, a rich conversation. <laughs> yes, very. Rich. We're excited to have you as well, um, Danielle. Thanks for being here. So 
Brittany just gave a very formal introduction, which thank you for reading that so well. Mm -hmm. um, Danielle, would you mind letting our homegirls know how you got here? Like what, what, what brought you to the friendship expert space? Yeah, it's a um, a long story, but the short version is I used to be a high school English teacher. I was working with high school juniors and seniors. I often heard the girls talk about their issues between classes or they'd come to me after school. And I didn't realize at the time I was coaching them through it. But for six years, that's what I was doing. So when I left that space to get into public relations, I noticed that even high achieving charismatic women were struggling with similar issues. And that's when it kind of dawned on me that at every stage of womanhood, we're trying to navigate relationships with other women. And so I already had my education background, but I paired it with a, a coaching certificate. And for the past four years, I have been spending hours a week studying female cooperation and linguistics and anthropology, anything I can get my hands on to help us make sense of how to better relate to one another. And so I've been working as a friendship coach for a couple of years now, and it's been a really fun ride. Wow. We stand a queen who who fills in the gaps, yeah. <laughs> who fills in the gaps, because although friendships are something that we think are second nature and should be so easy, we realize from a lot of the comments that we get from our listeners and the response that we get to Germany and I's friendship that a lot of people are in dire need or have a strong desire mm -hmm. to have healthy friendships, and it's been an area and opportunity or a problem for a lot of our girls. And because of the work that you're doing, that problem can be alleviated. Yeah. People don't have to struggle anymore. They can find relationships that are fulfilling and healthy and just a vibe. <laughs> Honestly, truly. So the other day, Jeremy and I were having a conversation with one of our friends and we were talking about like homegirls because our slogan here is this homegirl vibes here. A lot of people tell us we have that. They get that energy when they listen to the show. Um like for obvious just reasons. Chatting with their besties. Right. That that's one of the common comments that we get. And so she was like, What is a homegirl to y'all? Like, how would you define a homegirl? And I was like, you know, that's an interesting question. I've never been asked that question before, but let me think about it. So when I was thinking, I was like, a homegirl is somebody who has good energy and is fun to be around. And when I gave that simple definition, I realized to me, I define a homegirl and a friendship different. I feel like a friend maybe has, well, definitely has to have a little bit more qualities and just good energy and fun to be around. But as a friendship expert, I'm interested to know, like, how do you define a friend? Well, first, what I really appreciate about what you're doing is you have different tiers and you've labeled them in the way that makes sense for you. And I think as long as we know that there's a difference between maybe somebody we like and then somebody we really, really know, and now we can, we feel comfortable vouching for them, whether it's associate, acquaintance, home girlfriend, you know, I know we have different language. On the most fundamental level, I define friend as somebody with whom we are familiar and we have a mutual reciprocity and a mutual affection. And so the reason those three components are necessary is because, you know, we have to know them. I know a lot of us have fast friendships and we're like, oh my gosh, I just met her. And it's like this chemistry, like she just gets it. And I don't want us to confuse having a, a, a natural conversational rhythm or having a, a good times together as friendship, which requires time for us to demonstrate trustworthiness and reliability and, and things 
things like that. Um, there has to be reciprocity. If there's not, then that's a one-way street and that becomes something else entirely because now there are like these power dynamics in play. If one wants to pursue friendship, but the other doesn't consider the other one a friend. So that element's important. And then finally, affection. Like I have to like you, you know? And so those three things I would say are like the basic staples. And then on top of that, if you want to sprinkle in your own requirements, then then go for shaping it to be whatever makes you feel good. Yes. I like that. How would you define a friend? Ooh, I define a friend as somebody I can trust, mm-hmm. someone um, who I can speak to and they're likely non-judgmental, but can offer me some great perspective. If I am lacking, they don't have a problem being like, girl, hold on. We got to bring you up, uh, you know, the reaching back, the Sankofa, mm-hmm. the Sankofa of sorts, the Sankofa sister. Dead. Yes. Um, yeah. Someone I can laugh with, have a good time with and just enjoy life together. Mm-hmm. That's how I would define it. But Danielle, you 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 want to tell us how you define it? Since you you were thinking about it. How did you come to um, well, what the was way your I define a friend? Definitely some of the things that Danielle mentioned. Reciprocity is very major because I've had people that I considered friends and I realized they've ended because of a lack of reciprocity. Like, girl, this is giving one sided. You mm-hmm. got to go. Mm-hmm. But also trust. Definitely want to be able to trust you. Don't want to loose lip. Those those definitely get stay home girls. We can have homegirl vibes, but you will not be getting <laughs> my business. You talk too much. And then, um, like, what I'm really realizing is there needs to be, like, a shared type of... Morals and ethics and yeah, values. Yeah. Like, there, there's people that I have chemistry with. I might There may be some reciprocity, but there's, like, some sort of disconnect when it comes to something. Yeah. And it's just, like, something about you makes Code. you not be able to fully transition into a friend friend. You know? Yeah. You're nice. You have good energy. But there's just something lacking in the morals and value section to where you got to stay right there. But, you know, we can gang gang from time to time. Yes. Yeah. I feel you. Um, Danielle, you made a really uh, great statement or something that I found interesting when you brought up mistaking natural chemistry or like a conversational rhythm for friendship, because that does happen. You know, we meet people and it's like, oh, she's a vibe. I could totally see us hanging out. And then. Like Brittany mentioned, a few months later, you realize you ain't even the kind of girl I would normally be in the streets Mm -hmm. with because something has came out where you realize "Mm, there's a disconnect here. So when we're going through these, I think, ebbs and flows of finding a new friend or, or not even finding a new friend, having this spark of chemistry with another person and then realizing they're not that vibe going back and forth and then ending back up in the friendship streets. How do we appropriately, safely, effectively make new friends? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's always the number one question that I receive as a coach um, is how do I make new friends? And it typically comes with some kind of qualifier. How do I make friends as a woman in a new city? How do I make friends as a new mom, as an introvert, as a person with social anxiety? So there are all these qualifiers, but I hope that it shows us that we will always be needing to make new friends. So we might as well figure it out. And there's no shame in it because we never we're taught. We we have been told like it's something natural. Um, if anything, I always say the extent of the public dialogue about friendship is often you either have friends or you don't. And if you don't, like what's wrong with you? And that doesn't leave much room for nuance or to admit like, oh gosh, I'm struggling. Is it just me? Um, so the very first thing I like to say is make new friends and meet new people are not synonymous, but we use them interchangeably. And making new friends refers to the art of cultivating something meaningful with another person. And who says that has to start from scratch? 
scratch. So for a lot of us, we're sitting on a lot of good potential friendships, but we've dismissed them for whatever reason. She's too young. She's too weird. She's not weird enough. You know, whatever those requirements are for us, but we've overlooked people who probably are really funny and really loyal and but we dismiss them for whatever reason so i'd like to say start there start with somebody who's your neighbor or your classmate or your stylist who you see and you like enough but you've uh told yourself that there's a limit to what you guys can explore and and just kind of open up the possibilities start treating them like a friend getting to know them and see if something can blossom from that um because research tells us that most of the friends we have start out as people who are, uh, they fulfill another role in our lives. But so often we have a fantasy of meeting people from scratch at a party in the, in the coffee shop. And that's possible. But are you limiting your, your, uh, chances of meeting somebody because you dismissed people in your circle? Um, the second thing is to make your desire known. So there's so much shame around saying, man, I, I want new friends. I, I'm looking for people because does that make us look desperate? Because especially as women, what's wrong with you? You know, a lot of times I almost see friendship as like this currency or almost like a, as uh, an extension of our femininity, maybe to see a woman with a lot of friends. We think, oh, she must be likable and cool. And like, there's something about her. And if you don't have friends, ooh, then she must not be likable or there's something wrong with her. And so there's shame in even admitting you're in a season where you're in need of some some new friends in your life. And so maybe talk to people who you know in your circle who are extroverts or who I like to call super connectors, those people who thrive on bringing different people together. Like, oh my gosh, Tiffany, you need to meet Angela. You will love her. Like that girl, you need to text that girl and say, listen, I'm trying to get more connected and I thought of you. Do you know of any places that are like worth checking out? That way my subtext is, I'm looking for friends without me maybe saying it and looking desperate, but I'm making my desire known. How do I expect to have that need met if I'm keeping it private and hidden to myself? And then finally, you know, it starts with just simple things. You know, I always say friendship begins with rapport and rapport begins with hello. And so if you see somebody at work who makes an interesting comment during a meeting, you know, emailing them afterwards and saying, oh, you know, that comment was really funny or to say, oh, thank you for asking that question in the meeting. I was thinking it, but I didn't like want to say it. So I appreciate you. And it's a joke. But that's just me showing you I'd like to entertain the idea of you outside of a professional context. And you just kind of see from there. It might work. It might not. Um, but I think the themes are staying curious, staying open minded and honestly just saying hello, um, because that will let you know whether it can turn into something more meaningful. Love those tips. So if you want new friends, you're going to have to work for them. Yeah, it's not going to come You're going to have to do something. They're not just going to fall in your lap. And I feel like another thing we have to work for is like um, making friendships go beyond the surface. Like a lot of, um, I can say with our friendship, it's very complex. It's not a surface relationship. It's a very deep relationship, not in a trauma bond way, but no. it's like, it's very layered there. We do a lot of different things together. I know a lot about Germany. She knows a lot about me. And a lot of people desire for their friendships to go beneath the surface, but they don't know how. And I mean, I feel like sometimes I've had friends where I've like, missed a connection or an opportunity to go deeper and it just stays on the surface where I'm just like oh there's just something that's not we're not going deeper in this friendship so do you have any suggestions on how people can take their friendships beyond the surface if they have a desire to maybe go deeper with someone or just have deeper friendships in general 
Yes. Oh my gosh. And I have so much to say here, but I'm going to keep it like super concise to like, we'll say three points. If you are noticing, man, a lot of my friendships feel superficial. It could be for a couple different reasons. One um, is you have not allowed yourself to be vulnerable and you just want to have fun, but you're not opening up. But I always hesitate in saying that because a lot of us try to manufacture closeness by sharing a bunch of stuff really soon. Wow. We have to find the sweet spot because we think self-disclosure is the extent of vulnerability. Let me say something really deep and open. But if you do that too soon, and I know some people will disagree and that's fine. If you do that too soon, one, you're going to make people skeptical because we're going to wonder, how are you sharing that with me? And I don't even know you like that. So you have me questioning your judgment. Two is going to make me wonder about your judgment in terms of what to share and what to not and what's going on. And then three, it makes people uncomfortable because the law of reciprocity in sharing, if somebody shares something with you or does something for you, we kind of feel like I have to do something back. It's like a universal human code, right? So if you share something really big with me, you might make me uncomfortable because now I feel like I have to do the same. So you don't feel like you're just out there on a limb, but I'm not ready to do that yet. You just came in hot with like some, some, something really heavy and I'm not there yet. And it makes me uncomfortable. So you do need to open up in your friendships and share and be vulnerable, but not try to expedite the process of being friends by sharing your business. And there should be a natural, healthy progression to becoming friends. I don't know why some of us try to rush it so much. It, it just just like with dating, like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to get to know him. I don't know yet. Yeah. Same thing in friendship. Oh, I enjoy her. She's cool, but we're getting to know each other. Um, and so, so that's one thing is, is allowing for time and things like that. Another thing that can, um, help us feel closer in our friendships is to be okay. Um, having a balance of asserting yourself and accommodating. And some of us, you know, want to keep a friend so badly that we're like suppressing how we really feel and our true preferences about things because, you know, friends are hard to come by. So I don't want to turn her off, but you should be comfortable saying how you really feel um, and challenging her a little bit, not being difficult, but challenging her if she says something kind of crazy and being like, girl, okay, no, that's kind of crazy. But do I feel scared to say that? Am I terrified of like, she, these girls might get mad at me if I say how I really feel. And so that's for a lot of my people pleasers. And then finally, you have to begin the friendship showing up as yourself. If not, you have committed to performing for the entirety of the friendship and you'll wonder when you can relax and be yourself, but you didn't start like yourself. So I don't necessarily mean lead with your weaknesses and flaws, but you know, be true to your interests and things like that. Otherwise, yes, it will feel superficial because you never created space to to really be who you really are in the friendship instead of, you know, fronting a little bit. And so those things can help you have a little more depth than you normally have in, in superficial relationships. A lot was said. Games were dropped. <laughs> a lot was said. You know, it's so funny. I feel like for for me personally, now I have to go on a personal a personal journey, personal story. <laughs> I feel like a lot of times people want to get deep with me. And Brittany says it's because I make people feel all warm, but it damn near gives me anxiety because I can only be, I have a few friends. When I say for few, I mean like two. <laughs> Two that I really gang gang with and there's such depth, such intimacy, such closeness that I'm like, this is what real friendships feels feels like to me. And anything that's not that I'd be feeling like I got to just entertain for the moment. It's really hard to con- not connect, but it's lacking that theme that I'm like, yes, we are friends. Mm-hmm. And 
it is easy for me to categorize like I don't really fuck with you like that versus like I'm really in the heart with you. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for me to have that middle space, although I have people who exist in that space. But it gives me anxiety when people want to talk to me um, and feel like they want to be more. It's hard to explain like colleagues, (laughs) the work friends. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) or people who I I can tell, oh, they really like, I am a likable person. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say I'm not a likable person. And I come, I, I do like people and, 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 and a threshold, right? There's a threshold for it. But I'm like, girl, I ain't really trying to be your friend like that. Yeah. I'm not trying to hear it like that. And it's hard. Oh, it's man. really hard because when I connect people, I want to really be like gang gang with you. And if I'm not gang gang with you, then I'm like, I'm just not, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I I mean feel- you're, you're, you're giving voice to something. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you go. You're the expert. <laughs> no, no. I was going to say you're giving voice to something that actually um, is in line with research. So there's a concept called Dunbar's number. And the idea is that I'm, I'm very, I'm very scientific. Okay. There. Okay. So here it is. Right. Um, so, uh, it, the idea is that our brains can only handle so many connections and that number is 150, 150 social connections. Now, a lot of us, you are like, Oh, I can handle more. Cause you see like, Oh, I have more followers and I didn't DM people all the time, but your brain can only handle 150 connections. So if you almost think of that as like a circle of 150 people and you think of smaller and smaller circles inside of that representing closer and closer people, mm-hmm. you only have room for five super close relationships because of what's required i mean emotionally and mentally to show up for people you can't possibly do that for a bunch of people so to hear you say man i feel like i can do that with like two girls but for anybody else i don't even want to to try to go there yeah, right because it requires you know time which is a limited resource your energy which is a limited resource so you have to be mindful and self-aware enough to know i, I don't even think i have the capacity to do this with six to ten people right and i think that's why a lot of my extroverts come to me talking about how they feel tired or they feel like they're failing because to them, they've got to keep up with the 25 people they know. But in reality, you should be prioritizing three to five you really care about and go deep instead of trying to go wide. And so I understand where you're coming from. And 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 I think a lot of people would share the, the same feelings. Yeah. And then that I end up sense. feeling bad when I'm not initiating conversation with people who always reach out to me. Mm. I'm like, you know what I mean? I feel like, damn, am I am I a bad? I'm not even their friend like that, right? Am I a bad associate? Am I a bad? You know You're what I'm not. saying? And you know, the thing is, it's because maybe some of the people who are reaching out and desiring that from you may not have those people in their close inner circle. So it's like, this girl seems like a good one, yeah. a good person that can be there with me, but you don't have the capacity to be there with them. So I it's don't. like... The reciprocity is not going to be the same. What you desire from me, I don't necessarily desire from you. So it's kind of an imbalance in our dynamic. You are right. You can be my associate, but you want to be besties. They do. Be and I already be have besties. the bestie slots filled. And I'm one of them, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just I, I I do I do we we talk about this often we do desire a um a, a larger network of women who we can go out and have fun with and just chill we are not closed off to the idea of having good people in our life right but sometimes they want to go real deep and I'm like girl 
I feel it. I feel like you want to go deep and I cannot. I'm going to go ahead and get out of the pool now. Mm-hmm. I have to get out now. Yeah. And I and you know what? You, you are speaking to something um, that is cause for a lot of tension sometimes, especially I noticed during um, like wedding season and bridesmaid season. And I thought she would make me a bridesmaid because we're close. And, and it really comes to a head then I've noticed because it's like the only time we're supposed to like put our friendship hierarchy on display. And so we have a lot of realizations. But there's research. I mean, it was only conducted with like a couple people. But the research suggests that um, only half of our friendships are reciprocal and not meaning I like you, but you don't like me, but meaning I might see you as a 10 in my life and you see me as an eight or a two. So what do I do with that information? Do I say, oh, well, I don't or a two or a two. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and so and so the thing is, what do you do with that information? You either find a way to be content with what you are getting from them and that fills you up and that's that's enough and you don't need to be their 10. Or you say, man, I, I want more and they're not giving it to me. I'm going to turn my attention to somebody who can match what I need and, and invest my energy there instead of, you know, continually striving for somebody to see you the same. And so, you know, that's that's a reality that can be kind of um, disturbing for some people to hear at first. But I think it can be actually really liberating once you lean into that. Yeah. It can. And it has been liberating for me before because. This usually happens in a dynamic where it's like somebody's already my best friend and then somebody else comes into the friend group and they're thinking, oh, I'm going to get the same energy as her and the best friend. And it's like now they're like, you're not treating me like you treat her. And it's like because you're not my best friend. We're friends. Happened before. Yes, it's Mm -hmm. happened before. And it's like you guys are you guys are acting different and excluding me. And it's like it's not an exclusion. It's just that we have a different relationship. And it doesn't mean that I'm not your friend. It just means that we have a closer, more intimate relationship. And sometimes people want that exact energy and it doesn't come. It don't be that. Yeah. It's like we're cool, but we're not that cool. cool. Yeah. So, I mean, no, no tea, no shade. No. But it's just how the, the way the cookie crumbles. Definitely. So, Danielle, you know, one thing that I've always been um, concerned about or not even concerned about, just interested in is when you make a new friend, how do you keep the momentum going? Because I meet a lot of people. I'm pretty social and it'll be like one dinner. We hang out. We don't talk again. And I know that probably happens for a lot of the listeners are like, OK, I put myself out there. I sent the message. Yeah, we we even linked up. But now it just fell by the wayside. So, like, how can we keep the momentum when we meet these people and we want to maintain their friendship? Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the first thing is you don't have to have um, your friendship advanced solely through hangouts. And so obviously that's important. Us getting in person and seeing each other and laughing and spending time together is very important, super important. However, if you're if you're only connecting during those times, you're missing out on a lot of real estate between the hangouts. And so for a lot of us, we hang out on Friday and then we're like, okay, what are you doing next weekend? And if she can't get together next weekend, then I'm not talking to you until I'm trying to arrange plans for the following weekend. And what can you do to affirm her during that time? Because that counts too. So let's say you and I hang out. It's an amazing time. And during our conversation, like you mentioned, a show on Netflix that you just like love right now, then maybe three days later, I text you and I say, oh my gosh, I watched the first episode of that show. You're right. It's hilarious. Like, how can I be advancing with you between us hanging out instead of like waiting until the next hangout in three weeks? You know, 
I have to be pouring into it continually until that time. Maybe you mentioned something you like. I send you a link like, oh, I know you mentioned you love this podcast and I heard them being interviewed on this thing. So I just sent it your way. Those kinds of things that we would normally do dating we would need to apply platonically. Hey, I want to show you some uh, to demonstrate. Because you know, we quick to send a nigga a little something, something. We'd be like, I thought about you. This song came on. Exactly, exactly. So how can I show you I'm thinking of you? How can I let you know that I remembered that thing that you said you like? I remembered it. Those things leave like an emotional impression too. And they also signal to somebody, oh, like I could be her friend, like this feels good. But we're again, so scared of rejection or so scared of that we're gonna look like we're being clingy. So we don't do those things. And like, yeah, that I guess would be the vulnerability element of making friends is trying to advance it, hoping she feels the same way. And if not, it's cool. Um, And then finally, you know, when we do want to hang out, I notice a lot of the hangouts don't materialize because we're like, oh my God, we should get together sometime. And then she's like, yeah. And then you don't. And it's not that we were being fake, (laughs) but I always suggest the one thing that I think is often missing from planning hangouts is specifics. I call it the movie trailer method. So like when you watch a movie trailer, you get enough information where you're left saying, oh my gosh, I have to go see this movie. You have to take that approach when you're planning hangouts if you want them to happen. So a movie trailer, they're showing you um, how long the movie is, who's in it, what it's about. They're showing you a scene from the movie and you're like, okay, yes, I can do this. With the hangout, you need to be giving those same elements. Who's going to be there? What are y'all doing? What's the duration what is the objective? So that would look like saying, hey, um, there's this new um, wine bar that opened up down the street from me. And apparently their sangria is like amazing. Would you be down to go Saturday around like seven-ish for like an hour or so and just catch up? That's it. But now I'm being very specific and I did the mental labor of figuring out what it's going to look like. But so many hangout opportunities die because we're scared to like suggest a day and we don't know what we're going to do. And we're like, well, let's hang out. But what does that look like? And especially for my introverts, they need to know how long to charge their social battery. So I need to say specifically, hey, for like an hour or so, you want to grab some sangria and talk about that show you mentioned or tell me what happened with you know your work promotion. Like, Tell me all about it. I have to be specific. People are more inclined to say yes when you do that. That is great because you know what? That also keeps me from making new friends or being open to people transitioning to a friend in my life because I'm such an overthinker. I be thinking, what are we going to talk about when we go? (laughs) You know, I do. I already be like, this one is good with it going out and starting a thing, like Mm -hmm. going out, catching a lunch, catching a dinner with somebody. I'm like, you did that? Wow. (laughs) I'm like, what the hell did y'all talk about? Mm -hmm. Because I love ease. And I love effortlessness. And that's what I enjoy so much about my two friendships that I have. I know that if Brittany and I don't have nothing to talk about for the day, I don't give a damn. We can sit in silence. I'm just like, no, you know, usually something will come up, but it's not forced. We're not making conversation. It's very easeful. And I love that about my friendships that they're so organic and natural. And that part gives me a little anxiety about meeting someone is like, this is not going to be natural in the beginning. It's going to take a lot of energy, effort, work to get in here and talk about something. And I'm going to be worried we ain't going to have shit to talk about. Mm -hmm. And then we're just going to be looking at each other, not talking about shit. Right. Well, usually I try to like, when I'm agreeing to do these like dinners Mm -hmm. or lunches or maybe even initiating them, I kind of already have a general vibe of the person. Now, if it's somebody where it's like, 
completely opposite. And we know those type of girls. It's like, I'm, I would probably have some anxiety too. Like, why am I even doing this? Girl, I already know we're so opposite, polar opposite. The conversation might not go really far. It's going to be forced. But for the most part, it's people where I know, okay, you know, there's a vibe. Maybe we've done like some volunteer work together. Like with male, for example, I know that male is cool. We had a good vibe when we were doing the volunteer work together. I'm like, this will be a good transfer of energy over dinner. She's a good girl. Yeah. We have a lot that we can talk about. You my know? expectation is so high when it comes to my friends. I don't need, I'm like, I have a few people. I can speak about someone because I don't think she listens. Well, watch her be listening. Like, <laughs> heard you talking about me. Oh my God, no. So I know someone who is really sweet. We have a rapport. We've been friends for the past few years, right? <laughs> but I'm not always hyped to hang out with her. It's not to say that when we get together, it's not going to be cool. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, bruh, <laughs> I, I be thinking like, I just could do without that mm-hmm. interaction. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm such a, I do not like confrontation and I don't like rocking the boat. So when somebody invites me somewhere, if it's like I could stand to do it, I'll just be like, okay, I'll go. <laughs> oh my God, this screen. Stop me. And then sometimes it wor- it works out. And then other times I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah. So it makes me anxious thinking about what the hell are we going to talk about? What the hell are we going to do? Like, I need to be and more you know, open. Some of that too, we could maybe ease a little bit with what it is we are doing. I noticed some of us need to get more creative with um, the shared experience that we're signing up for. So if we say like, okay, let's go to drinks or let's go get dinner. It is very sit down, sit across from each other and we got to talk. So maybe it can be, oh, let's, I, I have time for a quick drink after work before I have to head home. So you're already putting it like in a 30 minute time frame, and that might be enough. And and sometimes we could have good experiences that I think suffer at the hand of being burned out because we, we hang out until the fuel is gone. Yeah. And just yeah, like, just again, just like with dating, it's okay to leave them wanting more. It's this, It's okay to have we had a 30 minute drink and it was amazing and now i'm going home why does it have to be a three hour production or you know if somebody invites you to something you don't really want to go but you feel like you should it's nothing to be like oh my gosh i'm not gonna be able to make it but let's do xyz next friday and that's a nice way of being like i don't want to do that (laughs) but i'm willing to do this and a lot of us don't realize that we can negotiate with our friends oh that sounds really fun i can't make it but um but call me afterwards and let me know how it went I'll be putting a time I mean, limit that way, on things. I, I do want to invest with you, but yeah, you can do it on your turn. A time limit, girl. I can meet you for 30 minutes for a coffee. Yeah. That's Put it. a time on it because then it's like. That's easy for me. I could do that. I can grab something with you for 30 minutes. But or I don't sometimes wanna... I set a time limit when I get there. It might not be ahead of time, but it might be like, yeah, after this, I have to go do this, that, that. So, yeah. you know, we won't be here all day. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Or all night. Because they wanting to be all night. Right. Be together. So you've shared some great ways to like initiate making new friends and sustaining them. But like, what are some ways that we block ourselves or self-sabotage ourselves from making new friends to make sure we can clear that out and thrive? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the first uh, mindset I've noticed is that it's too late for me to make friends. This idea that everyone's ahead and you're behind um, will impact how you even engage when you show up. Um, If you are secretly uh, dealing with certain insecurities, which we all are, but if yours are so chronic to the point that you can't even totally invest in a friendship or receive somebody else's affection and interest because you don't believe you have anything to offer. So why 
do you believe that she'd be interested in you? That's why they say self-esteem is so important before you enter into a healthy relationship with anybody else. You can't even receive them wanting to hang out with you. Or if they want to hang out with you, you think they're doing it out of pity. Or if she says she likes your dress, you think she's just lying. She doesn't really like your dress. You know, so those kinds of things are going to impact your friendship if you don't believe you have something worthwhile to offer another person, what do you expect the outcome to look like? Um, another uh, issue is thinking that friendship shouldn't have to take work. Now, once you get to a place where you're close, you know, you guys have a rhythm and you're not having to like think up conversation ideas, whatever. But as far as like friend making in the beginning, that does require work. In fact, there's a research study where they asked a bunch of women do you think that friendship should be easy and natural or it should require work? And for the women who said, I believe that it should be easy, they followed them five years later and those same women were reporting greater, uh, were reporting greater feelings of loneliness than the ones who said, eh, it probably takes a little work. And so if from the very beginning you think that anytime you have to put in effort, it's a sign that it's not a good, it's not going to be a good friendship, that would be problematic. When you're getting to know somebody, you are going to have like a little awkwardness and you're trying to like learn her sense of humor, what's too much, what's not. You don't know yet. Um, you're probably going to unintentionally cross the boundary because you said something, but like that makes her feel uncomfortable. That's going to happen in the natural process of trying to get to know another human being. Um, and so some of those things like expecting it to be super easy all the time, Um uh, managing private insecurities that tend to show up in relationships or thinking that you're too late on friendships, those kinds of things can impact how we engage with friends from the beginning. That makes a lot of sense. That does. Child. Get out of your own way. Get out of your own way, which is easy to do. It is easy to do because you see everybody else already clicked up and you feel like there's no room for you. But if there's great synergy and everybody's willing to do some work, I'm okay with doing a little work in the beginning but I ain't trying to be work through it all the time. Right. I mean, there is, it depends on the type of work you're doing. There's work that looks like effort, like, okay, calling, yes. initiating hangouts, but then it's, Reciprocity. The, it's the emotional work, the labor where it's like, girl, now you're dragging me. Yeah, I'm not Can't being do in that, that kind, kind of, of work. Friendship. I don't want to be dragged. I don't. So, Danielle, um, Brittany and I have, well, I don't want to speak for Brittany, but I can be possessive. Of, me too. Okay, I'll, period. I'll take it on as well. Okay, we're all possessive here. <laughs> Um, we are very possessive over our friendship and one another and the dynamic that we share. And sometimes when one of us will try to meet new friends, it'll be giving girl, who are you meeting? Who are you clicking up with? Who is that? You're doing what? You're going to do. You're doing a lot. Yeah. Is it? I'm always like that. I'm like, where are you going? Oh, who are you How talking is to? It? Yeah. Yeah. It gives that. It gives that. My other friend has a friend and I'm like, oh, you're with your other friends, huh? She kills me when she says that. Her other friend. Yeah, her other one. The other one is not me. So we do have some possessive nature um, around our friendship. How do you handle your bestie making new friends? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, jealousy gets a bad rap. And I have reframed how I think about jealousy just in the past couple of years doing research on female jealousy and cooperation. And so a lot of times it's like, oh, that's so petty. If you're getting jealous, it's so petty. But there's reason for it. If you get a little jealous, it's a it's a sign that the thing that you feel like is being threatened is valuable to you. 
That's what it means. Now, what you do, the behavior that extends from that feeling is something else entirely, but it means I don't want to lose this. So yeah, I feel some kind of way if I see what looks like she's duplicating this relationship with somebody else. Also, you know, one of the top qualities that we seek in same-sex friendships uh, for women is prioritization, meaning I like the feeling that we both rank each other a 10. So if I see you hanging out with other friends, of course, it's going to make me question like, hold on a second. Like, is did I go down and ring right. over there? Make somebody else a number 10, right. you know? And so, and so it feels a little, it feels a little threatening. Now, of course, what I do out of that, if I'm like, no, I don't want you to go hang out with them or I'm trying to like sabotage them, that would be a problem. But if it sparks a little feeling of like, oh, wait a second, you know, there's actually research that suggests that it might be helpful uh, to sense some jealousy because sometimes it helps us to do what it takes to preserve the friendship. So if I feel like, oh gosh, she's going over there, maybe it inspires me to make sure that we're good and I'm doing the things I need to, to kind of keep us healthy. So it can be something that inspires positive uh, feelings. Um, but if you find that it's becoming detrimental, like it's something that really does not sit well with you when your friend goes hang out with other people and your mind knows it's okay, but your feelings still kind of feel some kind of way. Um, one, remind yourself that it's healthy for her to have other people in her network, that you shouldn't be her sole source of happiness. We don't want that for her. And so also let it inspire you to make sure that you're pouring into other relationships as well. If you feel like, gosh, I don't know what I'll do if my friend goes hangs out with other people. I don't know what will happen. That's a that's that's data that you need to be looking at about yourself. Man, maybe I do need to be nurturing other friendships. Maybe I did get like singular focused on this. Um, and so, you know, you have to remind yourself, they can't replace me. We have a unique friendship. She can't duplicate this with another person. There's enough love to go around. Her loving on other people doesn't mean there's less available to you. So sometimes we have to remind ourselves when our feelings get a little haywire so that we can be supportive of it and not feel super threatened by it. Beautiful tips. Gonna yeah. keep those in my arsenal when <laughs> this girl tries to do something. I don't even be I'm doing hella much. I really don't. I'm just kidding. I don't. I, I prefer if we meet somebody together. <laughs> if we can bring them into our friendship. Our friend. Yeah, like somebody who we both vibe with and it's like natural organic. Like, oh yeah, you know, we're gonna be out today, so and so can come. Mm-hmm. We've tried that. It doesn't always work, but we're always looking for a third. We're not always looking for a third, we're but not. we're not. <laughs> but we're we're not always looking, but we're open when maybe an opportunity might present itself for someone to hang out with us. Yeah, I don't be looking for my separate friends, child. I'm like, are you looking for another friend? Two. Are you looking for two? We have two here. Two right here. <laughs> two openings for friends. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's how we like to go move forward. Yeah, but I think that's good to know because it can happen with your friend getting those tips are good to keep in mind because it can happen with your friend getting another friend. It can happen with your friend getting into a relationship because a significant other takes up one of those close, intimate spots. Right. That becomes sort of like a best friend. And it's like, OK, there go my competition over there. What is, <laughs> what, what is who is he? Who is he? What are what are his and intentions? Especially, and especially, you know, especially with women because we are dyadic. So I don't like to get too much into like comparing men and women's friendships. However, you know, women tend to be dyadic, meaning our relationships tend to be one-to-one and men tend to have multi-person groups. And so because we're one-to-one, it becomes more intimate 
and intense because it's just me and you. It's not like diluted or spread out among a lot of people. So that's why sometimes it can be a little tricky sometimes when it feels like there's like a third person and then a fourth person because we really desire to be close to our friends. But sometimes that's hard to uh, manage with multiple people. And that's why one-to-one service so well for that. And so, you know, it's, it's, you know, I believe in having multiple friends, but at the same time, like, sure, sometimes you kind of, uh, get attracted over to just one person and you guys share something. And the one-to-one also makes it easier to be reciprocal because we never have to guess. It's like, it's my turn, then it's your turn. It's my turn, then it's your turn. It's very easy. When you throw in that third party, we have issues like you mentioned earlier about being like, oh, well, they seem closer than we're close and they have this thing, but I don't have this. So, you know, obviously we know of healthy trio friendships and, and that's great. I'm just saying that might give a little insight as to why sometimes it's tricky to juggle a little bit. I too was once part of a friend group. Mm-hmm. You do end up gravitating more towards one person. There's like, it's small little subgroups within the large friend group. Right. And al- although I was a part of a friend group, the person who I gravitated the most to, we're still friends today. And not not so much with the other girls. Mm-hmm. No Tino shade, but it's a closer relationship. It's a closer relationship and it's been that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be the vibe. Yeah. It's like we're in the group together, but you know, you we know, in we're a, in a group. We're in a group. Yeah. <laughs> Two groups. <laughs> the besties of the group. Yeah. Yes. I've seen that. I've seen that transpire and trans. What is it? I've seen it happen. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it happen. Yeah. I've seen it happen. Stay right there. We got more BGB coming right up. Y'all, I think this is the year for me to really tap in and learn a new language. I took French in high school and then I let it go after the requirement was met. But with the European summer loading, I would love to have this language under my belt. And I know just the thing to help me with this. Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the language learning powerhouse that's been transforming lives for the past 30 years. Imagine a language learning journey that not only works, but feels like a seamless part of your vibrant and dynamic world. And listen, this is not just for the language connoisseurs. It's for the bold, brilliant, and beautiful women like us ready to embrace the world of languages. Say hello to effortlessly acquiring Spanish, French, Italian, German. I mean, there's over 25 different languages to choose from. Rosetta Stone immerses you in your chosen language teaching you to speak, listen, and even think in that language without any translation hiccups. This process is as intuitive as choosing your next hairstyle, girls. Starting with words, then phrases, and before you know it, you're crafting sentences like a pro. I love it because it's designed for long-term retention, ensuring that your newfound language skills become second nature. Now let's talk about the real magic for a minute, true accent. Rosetta Stone's speech recognition feature acts like a personal stylist, but for your accent, giving you real-time feedback on your pronunciation. No more awkward language faux pas, just pure elegance. And for the woman on the move, whether you're on your desktop or using the app, Rosetta Stone seamlessly fits into your busy life. They have an audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline, meaning you can learn anytime, anywhere and I have a secret for you for a limited time Rosetta Stone is offering a lifetime membership at 50% off yes you heard that right you get unlimited access to all 25 languages for the rest of your beautiful life this is a deal that I don't think you want to miss 
So why wait, sis? Don't put off your language journey any longer. Right now, BGB listeners can snag Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off by visiting rosettastone.com backslash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. It's your time to shine, Buki, and Rosetta Stone is here to make your language dreams a reality. Hey, Bookies, we got something special for you. Are you ready to dive into a celebration of blackness that's as diverse as the experience it represents? Well, NPR's got you covered with Black Stories, Black Truths. This is a groundbreaking collection that's more than just a podcast. It's Revelation. What does black representation in media mean to you? Because to me, it's about breaking down stereotypes, challenging biases, and also showcasing the rich tapestry of black experiences. For sure. Absolutely. And Black Stories, Black Truths is the epitome of this celebration. Each episode is a living account of what it truly means to be black today. And it's told from a unique black perspective. And I feel like these aren't just stories, like they're narratives of joy, resilience, empowerment, and also the incredible ability to create world-shifting things out of the struggle. Seriously, you'll hear about everything from pop culture icons like Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to discussions on vital topics like reparations, y'all. There's really no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Have you tuned in yet? One of my favorite episodes is the one on how real self-care takes real systemic change. That's a must listen. Yeah, I really think the hosts bring a tone that's celebratory. It's also informative and reflective, which I really can appreciate. Every episode is a journey. It offers a range of emotions and perspectives that keeps you hooked from start to finish. As soon as I turn it on, I'm like, "Mm." and let's not forget Black perspectives haven't always been at the forefront of America's story, but now they are the story. Period. So this is not just a podcast, y'all. It's a collection of some of NPR's best episodes showcasing the brilliance and resilience of the Black experience. And we know NPR is known for its commitment to diverse storytelling, but with them presenting Black stories, Black truths, I would say that this is NPR with the noir twist. So what are you waiting for? Turn on NPR today and immerse yourself in a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and black as the incredible country we reflect. And remember, stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, available wherever you get your podcast. If you're anything like me, you are probably tired of spending all your money on takeout or you're over all the stress that comes with meal planning. Listen, Factor Meals is here to save the day. I mean, imagine this. Delicious, chef-crafted meals delivered right to your door, ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. Y'all, no more grocery shopping, no more shopping, no more dishes, just restaurant-quality goodness made with fresh, high-quality ingredients. I love Factor. Factor offers over 35 different options a week, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, veggie, and so much more. Whatever your diet is, they have you covered. Plus, they have over 55 delicious add-ons like breakfast smoothies and protein bars to keep you fueled all day long. And the meals are good. Every meal that I've had has been so good. And let's talk numbers. 
Factor is actually less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved so you know you're getting the good stuff. You can choose as many or as few meals as you need from 6 to 18 per week and you can even pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your busy schedule. I prefer to use Factor for my lunch meals because that is the time of the day where I'm super busy so I can just grab something out of the fridge and not have to worry about it. So why don't you diss the stress and step into your bravado with Factor Meals. They're perfect for the boss babe on the go, the queen who values her time, and the woman who deserves delicious, healthy food without the hassle. So are you ready to reclaim your kitchen throne? Head to factormeals.com bravado50 and use code bravado50 to get 50% off. That's right, you heard me, I said 50% off. So go to factormills.com slash bravado50 and use code bravado50. Do not miss out, sis. So Danielle, in the age of the internet, we've been seeing so many things about, yeah, the fake friends, real friends, fake friends, real friends. Like some people may be trying to make friends because, you know, all the girls are material girls and they'll get into the events together, you know, things like that. So as someone who wants... Or only making friends when it's beneficial to them. Yeah, the opportunists of sorts. Yes. So in the world of girls who want real friends, how can we differentiate between the foe and the real? What are some like things we should be keeping our antennas Clear up Clear signs. Yeah, what do we need to look out for? That, you know, that is so interesting. And I love that you framed it like in the in the age of like digital social media and all that, because it's had so many impacts on what we're looking for and what we focus on. Um, You know, when it comes to differentiating between a real friend and a fake friend, I really do believe a couple things can help uh, buffer against having a fake friendship. Um, I think if we get really focused on, well, I'm trying to decipher if she's real or fake, I think there's something you can do at the beginning to kind of prevent um, betrayals or things like that. The first is make sure you're entering into it for the right reasons. If you're entering into it because it looks cool to have a squad or because you want social media content, let's be honest, then you need to do some reassessing. Also, what we talked about before about letting time play a role. If as soon as I meet you, we vibe and I'm calling you my friend and then you don't support me in two weeks for something that's really big. A lot of us like consider that a violation and we're like, yeah, she's my friend. Didn't even show up for me. But you were calling her a friend after three days. That does not necessarily make her fake. But has she known you enough to decide to invest in you as somebody she wants to be loyal to and have an alliance with? She might not know you like that. So you're putting on an expectation of her before it feels ready for her. So a lot of times we're calling people fake because they didn't meet a certain expectation. But was the expectation communicated? First of all, did you have expectations too soon of somebody you don't really know yet as a person? I think a lot of those things kind of uh, work together to create a sense of, oh my gosh, she was so fake. Um, If it's obvious things like they're talking behind your back or things like that, I really do encourage you to think, did you see signs of that before? Because if she was talking to you about other people pretty early, then you did have a sign that she doesn't honor keeping people's business to themselves. Now, I'm not saying we don't get together and we and we talk about 
other people. And I have a whole uh, controversial opinions about gossip because gossip is not all bad. There's a difference between talking about people and talking against people. There's a difference, you know, but if you saw some of those signs from the beginning, then did it really surprise you? She was quote unquote fake. And so I, I don't mean to gaslight and be like, well, if she's fake, look at yourself, you know, but at the same time, be less concerned about differentiating if they're fake or real and more about letting there be a healthy progression in your friendship and letting time do its thing to expose certain things. Um, and, and maybe that'll be like a better, better focus. I love that. I love everything you say. I love. Yeah. You just, that's love why it. you're on the show. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Letting time be, um, a factor in our friendships is it works both ways, right? It works in the way that we can understand who's really for us. And then on the contrary, it works in the regard that sometimes our friendships end after so much mm. time, right? We put in, we put in and then for whatever reason, we go our separate ways. And I have talked about this on the show. Um, I've had a friendship shift with one of my good girlfriends. We're back now, <laughs> but there was a period of separation mm -hmm. in the past. Um, and it really, really hurt me. I didn't really know how to process it. And I was always grieving that relationship. Um, how or what's your advice for a homegirl who might be dealing with a friendship shift? Maybe the friendship has ended. How how do you process it? Or they're it? not as close as they once were. And yeah. It's just like kind of grasping onto what was instead of what is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, um, if you're feeling a distance with a friend, um, I pause because there's like there it's it's complicated. But if you're having a, an emotional distance with a friend and we know like you if something happened, you feel a little off, but you're like still hanging out with her. But it feels weird. I know it feels counterintuitive, especially for women, but you're going to have to say so. Uh, and, and one of my favorite scenes from the show Insecure was Molly and Issa were having some tension and it was during a Thanksgiving episode and they were walking down the aisle in the grocery store, getting food for Thanksgiving. And one of them said, I feel like we're, we're kind of off. Right. And the other one said, yeah. And she said, okay, we're going to talk about that. And she was like, all right. And it gave me goosebumps because I thought how many friendships, female friendships would be saved if we were willing to say this feels weird, but can we can we address it as soon as possible? Because I'd like to reconcile with you and get back to having harmony with you as soon as possible. I wonder how many friendships would be saved as opposed to going to our separate corner, talking to a friend about it. Not necessarily talking about her, but talking about the situation to other friends and you kind of secretly stockpile violations against her until it becomes too much. All of that would save a lot of our friendships from ending prematurely. That's first of all. If the friendship itself really is over, then yeah, it's going to hurt because we don't even expect our friendships to end. Unlike in dating, when we enter into something and we know it might not work out, but we're just going to see what's up anyway. With friendships, we don't even think about that. We're not getting into it with a friend and thinking, I wonder if this is going to end. We have all these mantras like best friends forever and friends for life. And so our brain doesn't know how to reconcile when it ends because we never prepared for that. The second thing is women derive a lot of their self-concept and self-esteem from their friendships, according to research. And so, yes, you start to think about yourself. If the friendship ends, we internalize that. What does it say about me that I was not interesting enough, funny enough, lovable enough to, to keep her in my life? Um, what did I do wrong? Can I not get friendship right? So we internalize a lot of friendships breaking down. Um, 
And then also we see a lot of ourselves, you know, in our in our friends. So if they volunteer to be friends with us and then they suddenly elect to not be friends with us, that's very hurtful. And the nature of friendship itself is it's very voluntary. Right. Um, and so for all those reasons, it can be kind of complicated. But if you're trying to move forward, they say the best thing to do if you're trying to move forward in a way that's very healed and you want to avoid becoming bitter is you have to find a way to extract a lesson from the friendship. Then you're less likely to be. Be bitter moving don't forward. Hang up, so Danielle, whatever you, you say, do. You know what? I hate that the friendship's <sighs> over. I still don't totally understand what happened. But you know what? I know thank God that I had her in my life during college it is. It, because Lord I needed so some support yes. during those years. It was crazy. I'm thankful for that. Okay, so Danielle, you have shared so much great insight on making new friends, maintaining friendships. Um, one last question that I would have is because we get this a lot in our, we have a segment called girlfriend gag where our listeners can send in questions or concerns that they have. And a lot of them are pertaining to friendship and like how they should handle them. And one of the common topics is like, my friend is doing this and I don't agree with her choice, but I don't want to end the friendship, but I just do not agree with what she's doing. How would you say that you can support a friend when you disagree with their choices? Yes. Okay. So the the best piece of advice I have here is to find the part of it, even though it might be difficult, find the part of it that you do support and address that. So for example, let's say my friend is dating somebody who's a bum and I've told her he's a bum a thousand times. And so it's hard for me to be excited when she's telling me about, you know, he's taking her on trips and he did the bare minimum and she's celebrating it. Right. And so every time she brings it up, it's annoying. Right. What part of that situation can you support and lean into that? So, for example, if she says We're, he's taking me on a trip next weekend, I might say, OK, well, you know what? I'm glad you're getting out because you deserve it. Like you've had a hard week at work. You deserve it. So take pictures. Let me know how it goes. I'm not going to lie and say, oh, that's so great. Even though I really want to say, oh, that broke bum can afford to take you. on the <laughs> Right. That's so crazy. Yeah, that's what I want to say. Yeah. How can I find, okay, I support you getting the rest that you need. You know, my friend's getting married to somebody I don't like. Okay, well, let me uh, take you out for drinks and help you pick out a cute dress for your wedding shower. Because that's what I support. You being excited right now. And if you are pressed by a friend, well, I mean, what do you think? Like, I could tell you don't support. I could tell, you know, me saying, you know what? I got to be honest. I am. I'm a little concerned. I don't know how I feel about the situation. I feel some kind of way. But at the end of the day, like I support you being happy and, and you know that. So how can I voice to her, like, especially if it's the elephant in the room and we all know I don't support it. How can I say, yeah, I am concerned a little bit, a little nervous for you. Yep. But I want you to be happy and just keep it like that. As much as we show a friend that we disapprove of her choices, you will guaranteed create emotional distance between you two. Absolutely. She'll start keeping secrets from you or she's going to create resent, you know, have resentment. She doesn't want to tell you stuff because you make it known a hundred times a week. You don't agree. She knows you don't agree. So you don't have to say it a thousand times. Now, if it's something that's like very dangerous, then, you know, there's no time for nuance. You need to let her know this is not okay. I'm concerned. But if it's something where she's choosing differently for her life than you would choose for your life, that's going to happen when you put two human beings together. So find a way to acknowledge what you can, support what you can't, so you can still be authentic. Um, and then don't feel the need to voice disapproval all the time. That's my word. That was the word for me. <laughs> that was that. And that was your gym to take away. <laughs> that was. That yeah. was. I think that's great advice because I have the tendency um, to be a little critical 
Mm-hmm. Um, and if someone asks me about something, a lot of times I'll go to like, mm, this is the piece that I don't like, mm-hmm. as opposed to just highlighting what it is that I do like. Um, and that's something that I need to work on personally, like all because I'm critical of the things that I want to do and myself doesn't mean that I have to express the same critique for other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is helpful, not only in my re- friendships, right? Because we're specifically talking about friendships, but my relationships that have a friend component, like my family dynamics and things like that. So thank you for that tidbit. Yeah. Great advice. Mm-hmm. Great something to put in your toolkit. Yes. Um, And Danielle, our toolkits are full. I feel like I and our listeners have um, a greater advantage when it comes to navigating friendships now because of all of the knowledge that you shared here and also that you just share in your everyday work. Can you please let our listeners know where they can find you? Because I know they're going to want more. Yeah, yeah. So everything is really on the website at betterfemalefriendships.com. It's it's straight into the point. Um, Or um, they can listen to my podcast. It's the Friend Forward podcast that comes out every week. But um, I really have a heart for helping us try to to get together and relate to each other better because too many female friendships end prematurely because we really don't know how to figure it out. And I would hate to see that um, um, happen more than it should. And so betterfemalefriendships.com. I'm also writing a book called Fighting for Our Friendships that will hopefully be in a bookstore near you in 2024. So that's very exciting. Um, And if there's any woman listening who has a friendship story and she wants to share it, I am eagerly looking for stories from women to include in the book. And that's at the website too, Better femalefriendships.com period perfect and for the girls like us who are constantly on tiktok please make sure y'all follow danielle's tiktoks there's quick friendship experts yes pithy content videos that we just stand yes thank you so much danielle for joining us today we really really appreciate it yes i appreciate you thank you for having me yes we'll chat soon Mm -hmm.